Hey y'all, if you're interested in starting a podcast, listen up. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easy and then you can distribute it everywhere. That's what me and Jojo use. And it's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. It lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating it today. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money with ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's free. It's free 99. So go ahead and get started. Welcome to another episode of Let's Chat Podcast, y'all. I am your host, Jojo. And I'm Daira. Ooh. Um, so today we're going to get into attachment styles in this episode, which I didn't know was a thing. <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly learning something new. Like, this is good. This is good. This helps. I feel like this definitely gives an insight into like healthier relationships. Because uh-huh. a lot of the times we really don't know like why we are the way we are, why we react in the way this, in the ways that we do. Um, so it's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, it's never a non-learning moment. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I had told her like maybe we should talk about it because we spoke about um, love languages, which kind of relates to to attachment style. Um, and if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it was like early, early on. Yeah, it was like a quick overview. Yeah, I think we kind of got into it, like along with the uh, uh, zodiac signs. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a zodiac kind of person. I just know like three things, if that. But <laughs> we were asked to like go over it again. Yeah, but and- a little bit more in depth. Yeah. Um. So maybe. That could be another episode. Yeah, Yeah. that could be another episode. Yeah, we got a couple episodes actually lined up for the month, which we normally don't do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're we're busy girls. We try to be all proper and planned, and then um, we just end up doing last minute shit all the time. Um, But that's also because we're trying to live life, like right or whatever. So yeah, we want to get into attachment styles today. so you want to go ahead and give the facts? Okay, yeah. So so what is attachment style? So this was created by a psychiatrist back in the 1950s, and there are four attachment styles. Um, and I'm going to read straight from my notes. So basically, a person's attachment style is their specific way of relating to others in relationships. Um, it's shaped and developed in early childhood in response to our relationships with our caregivers, caregivers, or like, you know, our parents. Um, so a lot of it has to do with how we were raised. Um, and you can change your attachment style, but we'll go into that a little bit later. Um, but pretty much, um, this is more like a self-awareness type of, um, attachment style so i'm gonna ask you guys like a few questions so do you get too clingy too clingy or jealous um do you always seem to be more involved than your partner and maybe you want to be with someone but as soon as things get emotionally intimate you back off so if you can relate to any of these i think that this episode will definitely help you better understand your current relationship status and like your past relationships and basically why you acted the way you acted. And then we also want to get into like how it correlates to being LGBTQ and 
like how that how that was for us growing up um so yeah so let's go over like the four attachment styles if you mm -hmm. answered that or didn't answer that you lied because we all we all got a little bit of that. We've all right. had a moment in time where we were clingy or where we were jealous or where, you know, we we thought we were more involved than the other partner or vice versa. So it's like we've all had these characteristics at some point and some of them actually just stay with us and some of them don't. Yeah, for sure. So stop lying. <laughs> this is an awareness mm -hmm. uh, episode just as all majority of our yeah. content. So stop lying to yourself. Yeah, it's a self-awareness activity. And I feel like once you understand more about yourself, mm -hmm. then you could, like, better improve yourself, like, in your relationship, you know? But also with that, yes, you mm -hmm. improve yourself with how you uh, interact with people. But we also can't take that and think that we can figure out other people. Yeah. You know, that's just for like your own self-awareness and figuring out yourself. Just because some of these things may apply to some people doesn't mean that that's necessarily like, oh, that's mm -hmm. how you are. Like people, I feel like a lot of people see that and be like, oh, that explains why you're yeah. you're that way. Like we're not here to explain why other people are that way. It's it's, it's yourself. Yeah, we're not psychologists, but um, there is a quiz that uh, is free online. It has like 20 questions. I know it sounds like a lot, but it took us like five minutes to complete. And then, of course, you have to put in your email and stuff. But usually it tells you, like, right away, once you submit it, your attachment style. And then in your email, it will just go over, like, the same thing. Um, and it asks you, like, a bunch of questions. And you just have to answer, like, true or false or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we, we did that. And we learned our attachment style. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that, too. Damn, I'm trying to make sure I can see that. All right, so there's four attachment styles. Oof, this, I always get stuck with all the reading. No, do do the first two, and then yeah. maybe I could do the last two. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is anxious, also referred to as preoccupied. A deep fear of abandonment, anxiously attached to people, and tend to be very insecure about their relationships, often worrying that their partner will leave them and thus always hunger for validation. Associated with neediness or clingy behavior, such as getting very anxious. For example, when your partner doesn't text you back fast enough and constantly feel you're whoa. <laughs> when they don't text you back fast enough and constantly feel like your partner doesn't care about you, or your parent being inconsistent, unpredictable with affections, and sometimes overly involved and then withdrawn. Yeah, so the parent the parent aspect of it is like the background where yeah. it pretty much came from like why you kind of feel that sense of anxiousness yeah so like growing up if your parent was like um inconsistent and like unpredictable with their emotions and like sometimes they'll be super affectionate and sometimes they'll be super distant um then you probably have like this anxious attachment style just because of how you were raised but like we said this is something that you can change so it's not stuck to you. So just like everything else, majority of what how we act and are as people are from our background. So what we grew up knowing, what the environment we were around, the caregivers and people who raised us. Mm -hmm. um, so that goes within everything. And that's basically where this comes from, too, is like, you know, the first attachment we experience is with 
our parents and then from there it just goes from family Mm -hmm. so that's where it starts but that's not where it has to end yeah so that was the first one anxious the second one is avoidant which is also referred to as dismissive some of y'all motherfuckers really be like "Mm, don't care uh it's a form of insecure attachment style marked by a fear of intimacy tend to have trouble getting close to others or trusting others in relationships and relationships can make them feel suffocated. They typically maintain some distance from their partners or are largely emotionally unavailable in their relationships. Prefer to be independent and rely on themselves. Uh, From a parent, not responsive, and they are often dismissive and distant. Tragic. Yeah. All right, the next one is, so there's only four, so this is the third one is fearful avoidant also refer also referred to as disorganized so a combination of both the anxious and the avoidant attachment styles so it's a combination of the last two that we just spoke about um so you both desperately desperately crave affection and then want to avoid it at at all costs so you're kind of like hot and cold like sometimes you want it and then sometimes you don't um you're reluctant to develop a close romantic relationship yet at the same time they have a a need to feel loved by others. Um, and it says that your parent was most likely, they probably created an environment that influenced uh, disorganized attachment. So they have, they might have been frightening or traumatized, which led to the child experiencing a deep sense of fear and a lack of trust in others despite wanting close connections. Um, and then this could be looked at, you're probably confused about what a healthy relationship looks like. Just because you didn't really see that healthy relationship within your environment. Um, Yeah. So the last one is secure. And that's the ability to form secure and loving relationships. Um, Can trust others and and be trusted. Love and accept love and get close to others with, um, with ease. They're not afraid of intimacy. Nor do they feel panic when their partners need time or space away from them. They're able to depend on others without becoming totally dependent. And if you have this style, then your parent was most likely uh, very responsive to you. And like they were very attuned to your like needs. Um, So, yeah, those are the four attachment styles. And it's funny because before we before we did the quiz, I was watching like some YouTube videos. And I remember doing this quiz before and I forgot what I got. And I was like, I could relate to all of them. I was like, oh, I think I'm secure. And then I was like, mm, sometimes I could be anxious because I get anxiety. And then the other one was like, oh, yeah, I could definitely be very avoidant because like I'm very like independent. I could do my own thing. So I didn't know how this quiz was going to turn out because I feel like at points in my life, I've been different people, like different attachment styles, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm depending on like who I was dating and I think that has to do with being LGBTQ especially like being a woman um but yeah so the other thing that I want to talk about is um that caregivers and parents are not the only ones who shape your attachment style so basically like you could have a really good like a, a secure attachment style and then you date someone 
And then all of a sudden you become like this anxious person or like this avoidant person because of the relationship. Um, like maybe they did something that that makes you feel anxious and makes you feel insecure. Like maybe they cheated on you. So now you're like super insecure all the time because you're like, well, I don't know if you're going to do this to me again because you already did it once. So you, you went from being super secure to then being super anxious because of what happened in the relationship. So I feel like it could change like over time, you know? Um, but yeah, what did you, heartbreak, so, first of all, heartbreak is a really, <laughs> it is like the main fuckery because regardless of being betrayed or not betrayed, like I think like the end of a relationship, whether mutual or not, you know, that was a time in your life that you thought you were giving your best self or like, you know, you learn to coexist with the partner and mm -hmm. that's enough work on its own, whether you're succeeding or it comes to an end. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely has, um, what's the word? It, it has its, you know, shape on you. So, yeah. you know, you can be one person when you start dating someone and as you guys you know, continue together, you're bound to change, whether it's for the best or the worst. Um, but, you know, if you stay the same, that's because you chose not to find a way to be different or grow. Yeah. Um, you can't treat everyone the same and every relationship the same. And I think some people do that, and that's why they always end up with somewhat of the same result. Mm -hmm. um, so I agree. We are, you know, in different phases and with different people, and I believe that with different people – and depending on the type of relationship you built with that person, it you definitely give different sides of yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what did I get? We took this quiz earlier mm -hmm. prior to doing this. And I'm tired of taking quizzes. I'll be playing myself, honestly. Sometimes I'll be like, hmm. Like, you know, you have your like pre-thoughts of it. And like, yeah. okay, like she said, we were looking at the video, the YouTube video. Uh -huh. And we're like, oh, wow, we can relate with this all. Uh -huh. But obviously in your mind, you're like, oh, I can relate with this more. And you think like, oh, this is probably what I'm going to get. And then you end up not getting it. Um, honestly, this was the only one that I didn't have uh -huh. like a preconceived idea of like, oh, that I'm uh -huh. going to get that. Like, I'm yeah. just like, eh, like you said, I kind of relate to them all. But ultimately... I'm also an indecisive person when it comes to like things like that. Like I'm situational. So I feel like I can't give answers unless I'm in that situation. So I'm like, I don't know in the past, you know, I've experienced that or I haven't experienced this. So I don't know how I would feel or mm -hmm. so like, that's always hard when I do these things, mm -hmm. but whatever, I ended up doing it. And I got, uh, what the hell was it? Fearful avoided. Yeah. Let me see. I gotta go back. Yeah, so again, just to reiterate, I got fearful avoidant, which is also referred to as disorganized. Uh, again, it's a combination of both anxious and avoidant attachment styles. Both dis uh, desperately crave affection and want to avoid it at all costs. I was most definitely like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about now, but mm -hmm. I know like, and I think that's why it kind of threw me off too is because like being in this relationship, I feel like I'm not like this Mm -hmm. as much i feel like prior to getting into this relationship i was like this um because i was in a state of mind like where i knew a part of me wanted a relationship and wanted to have someone mm -hmm. to you know be with and love and craving that love um but I, ultimately i didn't want to give it because i was like nah like that's too like 
I don't want to, I don't, you know, I just don't want to be in that space where I have to trust someone, be vulnerable with someone and like, Mm -hmm. you know, give all this power just for a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was really, really, really picky um, with who I was getting involved with. And I kind of relate to that (laughs) shit. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the parent styles, when I read that, like, uh, you know, how we get it from our background, um, thinking about my parents' background and like how they were together, I was like, wow, like. That kind of makes sense because for years, again, I'm sure I've said this before, my parents were together up until probably my eighth grade to freshman year of high school. Um, so I pretty much spent most of my childhood with my parents together. Um, and then when they finally, you know, were going through their breakup process, it was, it was very weird. Mm-hmm. And I think that being around that and, and like seeing them, kind of like their relationship deteriorate in a way Mm -hmm. um it definitely affected me and my siblings Mm -hmm. so I think like watching them you know argue and just not like one be a little bit more colder than the other and just not trying to understand each other you know um not to throw my dad under the bus because this has been years later. Um, love my dad to death, but ultimately I didn't respect him for the way that he went about his business. Obviously, he stepped out on my mom, and um, you know my mom's uh, she's a hard ass, but when she loves you, she loves you, and she is way too loyal to this man who, even though he was good to her for so many years and has been a great father, ultimately he failed. Mm-hmm. in the end yeah. and to him it was just like he never took the time to even recognize or even like um like take a, responsibility yeah. for like his downfall to him it was just like oh well you were like this which pushed me in that direction type of shit yeah um i see that so often where people are like well you know you stop being affectionate or you you were becoming too aggressive or like you know you changed Mm-hmm. And I hate that. I hate when people are like, oh, well, you've changed. Like, we're not supposed to stay the same. Um, people should not be the same person that you met them. Mm-hmm. You know, we should all want to change, ideally not for the worst, for the best. But it's just like, you can't expect someone to stay the exact same person. And if they are, how do you expect to, like, you know, be better, mm-hmm. you know? Um so whatever, I just didn't respect that. And it kind of pushed me away from my dad. Um, and I still have a sense of distanceness, but I do love my dad. And like, now that I'm older, I'm like, okay, yes, as adults, things get complicated, but it just pisses me off because still to this day, he still doesn't take responsibility for those actions. And he thinks that, oh, that's just life. Like, that's just what happens. Like, mm-hmm. no, like the amount of awareness that he has based on relationships is so bad, but also he's born in an era where you know, men don't see that, you know, they don't have that awareness. Um, they just think like, it is what it is. That's life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, seeing my parents like that, I think that that's why it put me in a state of like, I want that love and that relationship. Um, I want that loyalty and commitment, but at the same time, I don't, because I don't want to feel, I don't want to experience what my mom went through because I hurt to see how that happened. Mm-hmm. And sadly enough, I ended up in a relationship kind of like that Mm -hmm. and I was like damn I'm glad I didn't stick with it because I'm kind of like my mom Mm -hmm. like 
when we say we love you type shit, like I, I said it, I meant it. I'm I'm gonna stick by it. And mm-hmm. then I don't know. I just I feel like people don't really mean it. And people don't stick by that. Mm-hmm. But whatever. So that happened. Um and I guess I had a little taste of what it was like for my mom. And then I realized like I never wanted to be like that like ever Mm -hmm. um seeing it from her and then like kind of experiencing it in my own personal relationship was with my first relationship and then I was like yeah fuck that Mm -hmm. like I'm too good for all that and then I guess that's what pushed me to be like ah that'd be nice yeah I was on my Giveon shit (laughs) like how he talking in his albums like oh I want that but I don't want that I'm Uh out here trying to live my best life like yeah you know that's literally how I was up until this relationship yeah and it was what it was. Mm-hmm. But, so I definitely think that my parents' um, relationship had shaped that for me. I don't feel like that now, so I'm a little salty that that's how it came up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, it can change. Yeah. So. I think now I'm just like, I've again, I've been in that space where I've not been vulnerable or semi been vulnerable. Like I was always open to people being good and vulnerable with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving him somewhat of like this soft, affectionate part of me. But I've always been told like, yo, like you're not affectionate enough. You're not embraceful enough. You're not like yeah. vulnerable enough type shit. And I'm like, what the fuck do you want? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm I'm telling you, this is what I'm giving you. Like, I, I thought I was being as open as I could be. And then uh-huh. seeing it now that I'm just like beyond you know and i'm like oh this is what people meant this is what they wanted wow okay that's cool (laughs) so that's fun to see but i Mm -hmm. feel like now i'm like i'm not i don't want to use the word insecure because i'm not insecure but Mm -hmm. i I do feel like i'm i can be a little too much for you why i don't know i don't like that word yeah. Or like that phrase, like, oh, you're too much. Not in a sense of like. like I'll, I'll say it like joking, jokingly, like, oh, you're too much, girl. But it's not like a, like you're too much for me. Like you're, I don't know. But not even in a sense of like, um, like my personality being too much for you. Mm-hmm. I think, um, but I think that's how we are. Like we're both kind of people who are in our heads. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes I feel like I'm not, like I need to be more like, Oh, I need to be more attentive or I need mm-hmm. to be more affectionate. Like I I have fear of lacking in mm-hmm. areas because I've been told, you know, like, ah, you're not mm-hmm. whatever. And at the you know, I, I, I'm so used to not caring that now that being in this relationship, I'm like, I need to care. Mm-hmm. And I think that because I'm pushing my not pushing myself, but because I'm like, I need to care, like I need to be aware of these things. I think I'm overly like pushing myself <laughs> to care and, and be aware to a point where it's like annoying. I don't think it's annoying. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised you got that, but I feel like at the same time when you talk about like your parents, then it makes like a little bit more sense, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, because I was yo, I did this and I was like, what the she was not happy i was not happy (laughs) and then i realized i was like it is it's it's definitely comes from my parents because you go from seeing like we have two different like parental backgrounds yeah and i feel like i've seen my parents i've grew up with my parents together so it's like i've seen it i've seen the love i've seen the the unity um 
my parents weren't as affectionate. It's not like I seen them do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I might every once in a while heard some shit through the wall, but that's besides the that's point. <laughs> you don't read your parents have sex? No, girl. Wow. See? No. Different parental backgrounds. <laughs> um, but ultimately, like, we always had that family, um, everything. Like, mm-hmm. everything was family this. It was family oriented. So to see that kind of, again, deteriorate and fade um, where now you're in a home with just one parent yeah. and the other one's just around yeah. is different. I, but I also feel like being fam, family oriented isn't enough. Like y'all could do things together, but like how loving is it? Like, mm-hmm. are y'all fighting the whole time that you're doing this like family thing together? Or are y'all like having a good time laughing? You see your parents being very loving towards each other. Mm-hmm. I think that also matters to, because it's like, if yeah, if they're together, but they're like in this bad mood and just like people notice that and people see that. I think I've seen my parents. I think it wasn't until that their like breakup that mm-hmm. I started to to see the not saying that they didn't fight because mm-hmm. they definitely bump heads, but not mm-hmm. like to the point where it is now. And I think now is and like through their breakup process was because of the scenario and the, mm-hmm. the situation at hand which is why it's so bad now mm-hmm. um but i don't think it was as bad when they were together yeah you know everybody's gonna argue mm-hmm. um in a relationship especially i feel like parents mm-hmm. you know different there's so many different things now it's not just the oh like we're different it's like mm-hmm. your parenting styles are different you you know the things that you care about in terms of your children and like there's so many things like my parents did a lot together my mm-hmm. parents built a business together mm-hmm. you know been working with each other for years mm-hmm. a whole lot of shit you know so i just think again like with history comes a lot of just a lot of shit mm-hmm yeah good that's it that's what i got um so i got secure and um i thought i was gonna get avoidant because i feel like that's what i was told like in past relationships that i was just like very like very like withdrawn and just like very independent like i don't need nobody type shit um but i do remember being in like a situationship with someone where they were grown and they were like, I could tell that like you're very secure and they weren't used to that because their partner was like very anxious. So to them, it was just like shocking how secure I could be. And I'm like, I don't know. That's how that's how I've been raised. And that's how my mom is. And like my parents have been. So my mom and my real father separated when I was one. So I never got to see their relationship, obviously. Um, and then my mom met my stepdad who's like a saint and he's been in my life since I was like five. No, he really is though. And they've been together for like maybe like 23 years or something. They're married. Um, and they have a very loving relationship. Like my mom and him are always laughing and kissing and hugging. Um, like they're definitely like your couple goals. I guess you can say like just last night they went to a concert and they were like dancing and stuff and like they were popping. Super cute. Yeah. My sister, my other sister went with them. Um, and I say that because like my stepdad is like a saint because my mom, I feel like she was at a point she was in a point in her life where it was like she grew up in a very toxic household. So I feel like my mom was just like a little toxic, but when she met my dad, she like calmed down. Um 
and I feel like throughout the years, I obviously did see them argue here and there, but it was never to the point where like they separated or anything like that. Um, and yeah, they just have a very like healthy relationship. Like I, I don't know. So I feel like seeing that, I was like, I'm not settling for less. Like if 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 the person that I'm with isn't like this in this relationship, then I don't want it because I know that there's something out there that's this healthy. I just know that there is. So that's why I feel like my um, assessment came out as like secure just because I'm just very secure in myself and very confident. And I'm not going to lie, at times I do get anxious and I do get insecure, but I feel like it's all in my head and then I kind of talk myself out of it like you gotta chill like you gotta relax type shit um so yeah um just because like let's say your attachment style is secure doesn't mean that like your relationships are perfect like our relationships aren't perfect and we never want people to think that they like that we don't have any any issues because we do have issues like any um random relationship it's just the way that you like go about it and like how you handle the situation and how open you are so I know if you have a secure attachment style you have to be very open to like uncomfortable conversations and that's one thing that I I don't care to have like if I feel some type of way I'm gonna say it at times my delivery isn't the best and that's something that I'm still trying to work on but I'm going to say how I feel like that makes me feel uncomfortable or I don't like that. Or I think that like this is bothering me. You have to be open into having those like uncomfortable conversations with your partner. Um, and the other thing that I want to talk about is that so growing up, I'm pretty sure I had a very avoidant attachment style because all the people that I dated were like kind of like what you said, like. You don't show any affection. Like, do you even want to be here? Yeah. You don't look like you're interested. Like, you don't. You don't show like any af- affection, like any physical touch or anything like that. Zero interest. Yeah, like, like they're they kind of just here, and that's yeah. really how it is. It's like I'm here, aren't I? Yeah, like, I'm like, well, <laughs> we're chilling. Like, I don't know what else you want from me. <laughs> like, yeah, you want to be on top of you. Like, I don't know what you want from me. Right. So, I was that type of girl that was just like, why are you bugging for like. I would definitely gaslight these dudes like you're overreacting like stop it um but i want to talk about something that i saw so the question that someone asked was in what ways can women's attachment styles interact with their experience of compulsory and i need to help me with this word compulsory heterosexuality yeah you know i can't speak (laughs) aka the idea that heterosexuality is the expected norm so let's talk about what this word is. Talk about it. what is Yeah, they compul- really fuck you up compulsory. when they say compulsory. Like, why y'all gotta be so, yeah. like, obligated? Like, English, okay? Sorry, English is my first language, okay? So what is it? What is this term, the compulsory heterosexuality? So it's the notion that heterosexuality is the only valid sexuality and that everyone should be is expected to be straight Mm -hmm. so for example um like you meet a new co-worker and they're like and you're like oh yeah i'm going on a date and they're like oh cool what like what's your boyfriend so you like they're automatically assuming that you have a boyfriend when in reality you have a girlfriend um or like let's say someone asks you or someone asks like 
your gay sister like so when are you gonna finally like settle down and like find a husband like the, like comments like that make it seem like the world is supposed to be like this straight world pretty much it's like that automatic assumption like oh honey when are you gonna get a boyfriend when the kids are gonna come yeah and, da, 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 da. Yeah. and then you're like girl you better stop right. playing yeah so it can mean that like for one like growing up you were only looking for straight people like on tinder um because all your friends were doing it like all your friends are dating men so you're like all right well i know i'm not ugly so i guess let's let's <laughs> right. start dating men let me go get a boyfriend right for shits and giggles because mm-hmm. everyone's doing it right and then the, the second one was like picturing yourself eventually having a straight wedding because you grew up watching straight rom-coms and seeing straight brides in magazines so like I know growing up, like in high school, like the the marriage conversation will come up, and I was one of those girls that was like, I'm not getting married actually, because I was like, not, nah, I just couldn't. I was like, I just can't imagine me getting married. I just really can't. And also because like marriage wasn't a common thing like in my family. Like my parents are married, but they did like a very small thing in the house, nothing crazy, not like a big fucking party. We don't got money for that. Um, so just like basically having this like I'm I, I'm gonna say basic mentality. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's like, you know, so gas over the boys and you're like, well, I don't wanna be like an outcast and I guess this is the way that life is. So I guess I like guys too. And there are some girls that refuse to do things like that. Like they probably won't even ever date a guy like at all um and i feel like those are like the lesbians that just never had you know relationships or even had sex with a man because they were so true to themselves that they were like i'm not gonna fake it like there's no way Mm. um so it also says that compulsory heterosexuality is what forces lesbians to struggle through learning the difference between what you've been taught you want being with a man and what you do want to do which is being with a woman which is why so many lesbians have dated men at some point in their life so i feel like that kind of relates to the attachment styles because i was very avoidant so i was just kind of like i'm avoidant because i really don't even want to be here but like i'm kind of forcing myself to be here because this is like the norm i I guess and like obviously you once you're like in a situation or a relationship like you start liking the person and you start liking them as a person and like as a friend but then when it comes to the sexual part you're 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 not feeling it mm-hmm. and then you're not feeling it because you're probably gay or <laughs> you know obviously other reasons um so i feel like i struggled with that not everybody has that sexual chemistry mm-hmm. like not everyone's bound to be like okay let's just have sex like Mm -hmm. i don't know people have different aside from having different body types of easily being turned on and not turned on like there's just i feel like there's so many things like people make it seem like sex is just that easy yeah and it's it's not but it also gets super hard when you're in this world where the world thinks that you're straight so Mm -hmm. you kind of force yourself to do this and then you're in a relationship with the guy and then you're kind of like in your head about the whole thing because you're like why doesn't like i would be like why can i find what other people are finding like what 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 are the butterflies that you're feeling and why can't i 
why can't I feel that? Mm -hmm. And I remember when it came to like the sex part, like I really thought that I was asexual. I was, and my friends would tell me like, are you, are you asexual? Like, and I'm like, why? Because I don't love sex like y'all. <laughs> Cause I don't love the D like y'all. Like, yo, they used to talk about that shit all the time. And I would be so awkward. Like, please stop. Please stop talking about your disgusting stories. Stop it. Um, so I was like, maybe I'm asexual because, and then I had a friend who was like, maybe you're asexual. And I was like, I guess maybe I'm asexual because like, I don't want, I don't crave it or I don't want it as bad as you guys want it. So when did you realize you weren't? Um, or do you still feel that way? What do you mean? The whole asexual thing. Girl, please. what is asexual? <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even talk about it. Yeah. Um, asexual is like when you don't crave sex. But I'm gonna look up the correct definition because yeah, we I want to fuck it up. I don't want to be giving false information. So, um, I all right. I think I knew that that was a thing until like the last couple years. All right, so it says asexuality is the lack of sexual attraction to others or low or absent interest in or desire for sexual activity. And there are people who are asexual, and that's mm -hmm. totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to make yeah. it seem like, oh, you don't like sex. Like, no, none of that. Like, that's that has nothing to do with it. But I, at a point in my life, I was like, maybe, maybe I am because I was only dating men at the time. Um. So yeah, I feel like it's a constant battle with your sexuality. So if you feel like you're like, well, maybe I'm lesbian or maybe I'm bi or maybe I'm pan, like you're not alone because we're we're all in these. Sh well, not all, but a lot of us, <laughs> a lot of us are like, what the fuck is it? Like, what am I like? And you don't really have to put yourself in a label like we've talked about before. That's why I just go by queer because I'm not going to sit here and try to explain to you who I bring home and what I do like in the bedroom. Like, no, I, I don't care to do that. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I think it was because seeing my parents together, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you know, one day I'm going to have my own family, my own husband. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I was in love with like rom-coms and like anything mm -hmm. that had like them fairy tale um, stories, you know, mm -hmm. I was here for all that. So I can say that up to an extent, I used to like really fantasize about having that uh, relationship with the male and marriage mm -hmm. and children. Um I don't know when that changed because, again, I think, um, like, the whole dealing with girls at the time was, like, I was in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And I had signs prior to that, but it didn't make sense until eighth grade when I realized, again, that, like, the whole girl, you know, girls mm -hmm. like and girls thing was a thing. Um, but I think that there's a lot of people who still do that, like, even though knowing the one like are in a, are, are in that state of mind like yes I'm I've been sexual with with the same sex or I've built relationships with the same sex um but for some reason they still have that mentality that I don't know what it is but I kind of still like want to be married like that norm like they think that again like that man and woman um unity is what's normal yeah um so they kind of still have that picture 
in their head and they're like, ah, oh, you know, maybe one day. And then that really doesn't come. And I think eventually they finally face the reality that like, that isn't the norm. Like yeah, what I'm they, doing is fucking normal. Like, it's, and so many women do that. Like so, so many women lie to themselves, end up getting married are in a marriage, have kids. And then later on in life, they come out that, you know, maybe I'm, I'm gay. Like maybe yeah. I've always been gay and I kind of just forced myself into this lifestyle. Yeah. And like, it's hard so like if you are one of those people it's hard but give it some time um and we want to talk about like how your attachment style can change do you want to read the first two yep Mm -hmm. so to start identify your relationship patterns start asking yourself about your relationship with your parents as a child ask yourself how are you towards how were they towards you as a child? How did you respond to them? To whom did you uh, go to for comfort? And, you know, when you had problems and were they negligent or relatable? Reliable. Oh, my fault. Reliable. <laughs> Girl, I can't see. Um, is that supposed to be two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it just did that. So do you have a like a favorite parent you know how people be like oh we don't have favorites like especially your parents be like i don't have favorites but it's like you have a favorite child just like i have a favorite parent yeah i just have slim pickings unlike you you have a favorite parent mm-hmm. is your stepdad mm-hmm. <laughs> that was hard to tell <laughs> why do you feel that way because like I, I have three parents so like my mom my stepdad and my real father and me and my mom, even though, like, my parents had this, like, loving relationship, that doesn't mean that me and my mom had a loving relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, me and my mom definitely had a rocky relationship growing up. Rocky. Um, and it was because she would hit us. Like, Dominican moms really think that that's the only way to, like, how do you say it? Um, discipline. So Discipline your, your children. Like, no. But whatever, that's a that's a Obviously whole different story. <laughs> a whole different story. But um You were the daughter who fought back, huh? I mean my older sister was fighting back and mm-hmm. then I was started defending her and then that's when I started. But anyway. No, my mom would kill me. I think she did kill me once. <laughs> <laughs> I think she did kill me. I swear, I saw She snatched your fucking soul. Yeah, huh? I saw the light. I'm uh, crying. <laughs> But my stepdad, because he is so accepting and so loving and so, like, patient and so smart and, like, so many things that... And he he's also, like... So he has two real children with my mom. And I put that in quotations because in, in a Latino household or whatever, we don't say half. Mm-hmm. Like, There's all no of my... step or half. Yeah. Like- technically, all of my siblings are half. I do not have a sibling from the same mom and dad. No, that's why we all kind of look different uh, or the same, whatever. People have different opinions. But, um, yeah, like, he's been a father to me and he's been a father to my older sister. Like, sometimes a little bit more than, like, my real father. Like, he's been there through me, through everything. And, like, when I'm at the hospital, when I'm sick, when I went to college, when I went to grad school, every time that I have had to move out of, of an apartment, like he was there to help me move out, help me move in. He drove with me to Florida when I lived in Florida. Like he was just always there. He's actually super like supportive and affectionate yeah. for, I hate to say it, <laughs> but for a male. 
like for yeah, a man, and for a like, Dominican man at that. Yeah, like usually they're just like, eh. <laughs> mm-hmm. but like, do you feel like that? That's different. Like, no, because I mean, I see him do that in general. Like, I don't see him like he's like that with one. He's like that with all. With all of but us. you know how sometimes mm-hmm. fathers can be with daughters. Yeah, where they're just they show that not but, so hard side. Yeah, but I see how he is with my little brother, and it's, I was telling you like when we went to Florida. He be playing with my little brother all the time. Like, if my little brother didn't have my stepdad, he would be so bored or he just wouldn't be the person that he is. Like, my little brother is this person who's, like, very outgoing, like, such a fun, such a fun 10-year-old. And my, my dad's always playing with him. Like, they'll play in the pool. They'll play tag. They'll play ball. He'll take him to the park. He'll take him to Chuck E. Cheese. He, my little brother goes everywhere. He'll take him to Sky Zone. Like, he's constantly doing things for my little brother. Like, and he wants to make sure that my little brother's having fun. Yeah. And he's always, like, like, we went to Disney World, and my little brother was crying because he didn't want to get on this ride. And I'm like, you know, I was being an annoying big sister. I'm like, stop being a punk. Get on the damn ride already. And my dad was so patient. Like, my brother was screaming yeah, as if someone was killing that's crazy. him. And, my da- and I'm like, Aaron, we came to Disney for you. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, how much money my dad spent? And my brother wasn't trying to get on no rides. Yeah. And my dad was still so patient and, like, not mad. Like, you know, like, not, not bullying my little brother into doing things. Yeah, like he, true. he was just there to, like support him i guess but yeah what dads can do for real (laughs) Mm. my little brother's out here getting half birthdays right (laughs) yeah her little young ones her little brother gets two birthdays the young the young siblings really get no and and her dad be going all out it's not like some BS, let's cut a cake. No. Nah, he just had a half birthday. And all that shit. He had a bouncy house. He yeah. had a, everything. Barbecue. But, um, <laughs> hmm, hmm, that's funny. Um, So that's who you're going to go for comfort as well. You think? Your dad? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Obviously, mine's my mom. Again, yeah. I love my dad, but um, I think that, you know, Live just from being with my mom, living with my mom, and seeing the things that she had uh, went through. You know, I've yeah. been from been there for my mom for a whole lot of things, and mm-hmm. I actually feel bad because at one point in the time where I feel like as a parent you need to be there for your kid, mm-hmm. I didn't allow her the opportunity to be there for me. Mm-hmm. So that will never happen again. I always say that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, my mom is my comfort. Mm-hmm. Who I rely on. I rely on my dad too, though. Yeah, he's he comes through for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an awesome parent. I don't I don't take away his um yeah his parent. sacrifices. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah, her her dad's a hustler. Mm, that's my like, man. He's always like coming to the rescue with stuff. So yeah, um, but but we're blessed to say that you know. Yeah. So many people just don't have parents. Like a lot of people don't have their dad in the picture. Mm-hmm. Or don't have their mom in the picture or like their parents are alive but they don't even have that close relationship with them because yeah. of their sexuality or something else so it's just sad um to see that yeah um and it happens so often you know yep excuse me but moving on mm-hmm. 
So again, ways to help change your attachment style is like working on your self-esteem, learning to embrace value, love, and take care of yourself first. I say this so much. Self-care is a huge thing. Self-love, huge thing. Um, that's not to say you need to uh, avoid and mm -hmm. exile everybody from your life. That's just mm -hmm. not good for you. Um, it's just being more present and attentive to yourself. Everything that you would do for other people, you have to make sure that you're doing for you. Mm -hmm. For a really long time, I wasn't doing that. I was like, I guess I'm kind of a people person to an extent, and I get mm -hmm. that shit from my dad. Um, <laughs> it's crazy because I get is. so much of I don't give a fuck from my mom, and then like to an extent, like I kind of want to be a people pleaser from my dad. Yeah. Um, and I think for me my mentality was I want to be there and and like be this person that people go to because I would want that for me. Mm -hmm. And not that I asked for, I guess, in a sense, it's just to me like, oh, like I know that, you know, if I do this one mm -hmm. day, I'll experience this from someone, you know, someone will be able to like good karma type shit. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, I also had the mentality of like, I know my strengths. Mm -hmm. I know my positive mentality that like i'm gonna pick myself up mm -hmm. when necessary so i was always there for other people at their lowest and helping them get through it and like all those things that i would put myself on a back burner because mm -hmm. i was like oh i can get to myself later like i know i have the mentality and the whatever the strength to bring myself back up to where i need to be mm -hmm. and so i would like sacrifice a little bit of my own like being selfish for myself mm -hmm. um just to be there for other people. And I wouldn't recommend it. Even mm -hmm. though I know that I could do it, uh, I wouldn't recommend it because it's just like, at what point do you finally sit down and take care of yourself? Right, at what cost? Because when you're there for other people, it's like their shit seems to never end. Yo, for real. You're always there for them. It's like always that. something. It's always something. And you, you dig yourself deeper than what you actually were. Yeah. Um. So yes, take time to to and for yourself um do the things that you know help you grow you know that waters your seeds feed the sunflower face the sun y'all um yeah. i didn't i didn't write that correctly uh what? i don't know what i meant there the the third one mm -hmm. all right i'll do it so the third um, way that you can like change your attachment style is, and I spoke about this a little bit earlier, it's just like um, being honest with your needs, with your partner. Like you need to learn how to be a little bit more assertive um, and set boundaries um, and then honor like what you feel and express your needs in words without manipulation or, and like hidden meanings. Um, be direct and confrontational in an appropriate way to like have those healthy relationships. Um, and as someone with a, a secure attachment style, this didn't happen overnight. Like I went to therapy after a couple of failed relationships. And she, I remember when I first went to her, the first um, session, she was like, yeah, I could tell that like you have anxiety. And a lot of my anxiety, anxiety stem from my relationships and my work. Like those two things were giving me the most anxiety. And she was like, you need to like start setting, setting more boundaries. And I didn't learn how to set more boundaries until I started going to therapy. Like I would tell her like all these things that were happening. And then she was like, 
you need to start setting, setting more boundaries, like with your job, with your relationship, like with your parents. It was everything. Like I was not that I was letting people walk all over me, but I was letting people walk all over me. Um, and sometimes it's hard because like you're in this like loving relationship and then it's like hot and cold, hot and cold. And then next thing you know, your mental health is like going downhill because of it. So that's why I went to therapy. Um, and I remember in therapy, um, she would give me homework every week. And if I didn't go to the next session with that homework completed, I would be playing myself. Because I was paying for this also. Like, I was paying for this therapy. So That's I was like, money, damn, man. girl. And then it's like, I don't want to skip therapy because I, mm-hmm. I'm playing myself. At the end of the day, all of this is affecting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I was like, I'm going to have to do this. Because if I don't do it, my therapist is going to rip me. <laughs> so it was like a, a an accountability person, too. Because it was like, I will go bi-weekly, though. So she was like, you know in your next session like i want to hear more about like how you set these boundaries with your job and like what you told your manager or like things like that and i'm like yikes okay so that's how i learned how to um have a more secure like attachment style um but yeah that's it that's all for attachment styles yeah 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 um you want to do these family meeting questions Mm -hmm. maybe one or two yeah, how much time? Do we have? It says fifty-three. Twenty-three minutes. So we got some time. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna get into the family meeting real quick. We got three. We can yeah. them things. Uh, my girlfriend of two years had her birthday the other week. Ooh, I gotta move. No, I can't see. <laughs> she need glasses, y'all. Like, I, I'm wearing contacts, so I don't know what. I got 2020, y'all. Stop for complaining. Nah, I can't see. I'm blind. All right, so it says, me and my girlfriend of two years had her birthday the other week. She works in an ambulance, so she works long hours with just one coworker who happens to be a guy. They've been, they've been coworkers for about five to six months. I've been, I've met him before, and he seems like an okay guy. They work together. That they worked together the day before her birthday and he waited until midnight to give her a hundred dollars in ones as well as a new as new work pants as her birthday gift because it was an inside joke i don't know how to feel about the situation so he gave her a hundred dollars in singles and new pants i would be like would you rip your pants in a strip club (laughs) i would be like what's the what's the joke like I mean, the I think a coworker giving you money for your birthday isn't weird. Like there are some coworkers that like give you birthday gifts or whatever. But I feel like sometimes in certain jobs, and I was telling her this earlier, we don't understand how you guys have like this close relationship because our our job and our work culture is so professional that it doesn't allow us to be as close. Like in the corporate world, for example, especially if you work remote, there ain't no way we're going to have insiders like here and there maybe, but like if if you barely see each other in person, everything is just very like professional. And like, even if you do go into the office, sometimes you just don't even have the ability to get as close unless you like maybe go out to drinks or happy hour and things like that but not every job and every work culture is like this so i think it it really depends like i i 
have never been that cool with coworkers to the point where they're giving me a hundred dollars. Like ain't no coworker giving me a gift. So we have different work experiences <laughs> <laughs> and we work in completely different environments. Uh-huh. So again, like the whole, they work long hours together. Like I work exceptionally long uh-huh. hours yeah. and my work environment is actually in a sense of like, it's just people don't get it. So we they have no boundaries. Yeah, basically there's no boundaries. Um so I feel like anywhere within like um the medical field or law enforcement that involves, you know, being together all the time, long hours, going through and experiencing a lot of traumatic things. Mm-hmm. Um those type of places to work there gives you a weird sense of humor you know you have it's like you have to make do with your time with what you got and who you're with and most of the time people spend those times doing dumb shit or you know um with unnecessary sick dark humor that regular people don't get and i think that that's why people on the outside looking in are like what the fuck is that like why is that funny or why do you guys act like that or why do you guys talk to each other like that like you know in my work environment we talk to each other however the fuck we want and then you know other than talking to each other in the aggressive manner um we laugh at everything we don't take anything yeah personal most of the time yeah. and you know sometimes she tells me stories of, of like conversations that she has with men at her job and i'm like yeah yeah i could never it's like a, ain't no way it's so crazy because <laughs> i do work in a predominantly male environment and i always think to myself why the fuck did i pick a job where it's predominant males and i have to wear my hair up who the fuck let me yeah or whatever um but yeah i'll be telling her conversations that i have with these with which not with everybody um mm-hmm. And they're from all ages, but ultimately, like, mm-hmm. we don't have any boundaries. That's just kind of regular to us. And when mm-hmm. I be telling her, she'd be like, what the fuck? Like, and I be telling her how, like, motherfuckers be flirting all the time. And that's just, that's just the nature of the, you know, of the place. Um, and, and, and I get it because, like, I've had many, many jobs, like, growing up. And I remember when I worked in the restaurant business, girl, those waiters in the back and and the and the chefs and and everyone who's works in the back are very fresh <laughs> like super fresh like and the people be having relationships with each other and managers be hooking up with some of the waiters so like i get it because i've been in weird shit like that but it would it would make me super uncomfortable and i would be like ew like stop talking to me um so i think if, if you guys work in different fields it's gonna be hard for you guys to understand like each other's like work environment but i will ask her like girl what is the joke why mm-hmm. she why would he give you pants how does he know your size like nice of him to give you money but why did he have to give it to you in singles like all of this this looks a little fishy to me i don't see the fishiness but you could absolutely ask oh what was the joke like, i went to a strip club or something without me did he rip your pants or something tell me because why did he give you new work pants was you busting it open while he was throwing you these ones like, no. <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, now we're getting crazy yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. now we're making assumptions. It's probably not even that. Deep. Don't even like, do all that. Yeah, we, we gave her ideas. We just fucking around. Yeah, it's it's none of that. Um, like we said, and we keep saying this all the uh-huh. time. Yo, have these conversations. Speak up. Ask the questions that you want to ask. Don't be afraid because you're scared to push limits on your yeah. or make your partner feel yeah. some type of way. They're either gonna answer or they're not, and you're yeah. gonna you're either gonna see that the yeah. shit is weird or it's not. You don't know, like, and your partner shouldn't take offense. Like, if the roles were reversed, wouldn't she want to know what 
what the joke was. Right. Like, girl, get it come together. On. That's one. Hi, I love watching y'all's video. Thank you. And was hoping you guys would help me out. I have a coworker who says she's straight and has a boyfriend who she claims she doesn't like. Sometimes I get mixed signals from her about a lot of things, a lot of little things. But when we are hanging out, she doesn't like for me to be on my phone and sometimes flirts with me and makes suggestions of us kissing. Lately, though, she keeps throwing around that she is straight and that she wants to find a girlfriend for me. Is she a straight what is she a straight my fellow gays <laughs> warned me about that's cute yeah she sounds toxic yeah definitely like, screaming she wants attention right that gives me that gives me like that that vibe that you know there's there's girls who there's always women who want attention not always but there's the certain women who want attention mm -hmm. from everyone and anyone mm -hmm. they're like the people who are like oh because you're gay they mm -hmm. think you want them like, uh, I don't like girls, Yo. but, like, you're pretty, but I don't like girls. Like, bitch, I don't, okay, why would I want to hit on you? Like, There's you think this, because I'm gay, uh -huh. like, I automatically want to see what's up with you? Right. You're wrong. There's this TikTok that's so funny. I probably sent it to you about, like, a straight girl chilling with a, a gay girl. Mm -hmm. And, like, she, in the TikTok, it was, like, it, the straight girl had on her phone, like, am I gay quiz? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where they're, like, throwing out all these low-key gay signs. And yeah. And they're going to be, like, I'm not gay. Like, yeah, girl. Like, stop. I can't with girls like this. Like, you're annoying. It's, it's screaming pick me, too. Like, mm -hmm. it's, like, mm -hmm. you're making jokes about y'all kissing. And then you're, like, yeah, I got to find you a girl. Like, that's not funny. We got to start making these, these straight friends feel some type of way. Like, I wouldn't kiss you. <laughs> like, even though you know you would kiss your yeah. straight friend, even though you think she's pretty yeah. or, like, you think you're getting feelings, like, you got to be like, girl, I would never. Yeah, be like, girl, you're not even my type. Right. <laughs> you watch how fast they try to be your type. Right. Just, they be offended. Like, I'm not your type. The hell? exactly what I said, girl. Yeah, right? The hell's wrong with That's you? That's funny. But yeah, I would say just that's a that's a real hot and cold situation. Uh, I don't like mm -hmm. the the ones who play like oh you know <laughs> like one day and then the next day like no I'm strictly straight like yeah. like I it's one thing mm -hmm. to be like yo I do think you're pretty and mm -hmm. you know but I just I'm not into girls in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I have friends who are cool and comfortable and friendly with me, but like wouldn't exceed those limits and they respect me and I respect them. And mm -hmm. like, you know, they don't make it weird to the mm -hmm. point where they need to be like, I'm strictly dickly. Like, mm -hmm. girl. Yeah, she's definitely one of those straight girls that your fellow gay warn you about because she just sounds a little annoying. Yeah. But you should get a girlfriend because I'll tell you what, that'd be the first thing that make them bitches mad when you got a new shorty in the, in, in the way. Right. Now all of a sudden, I, I believe that. Not to get off topic here, but I believe that people people will sit here and play you or act like, oh, you know, that they don't have these feelings or they don't find you attractive. And then the very moment that they find you or see you like giving your your all that love, care, affection, vulnerability to somebody else, they're weird. Yeah. They're like in the way, mm -hmm. feeling some type of way, wanting to be more friendlier, mm -hmm. wanting to be like, it's fucking weird. Yeah very but that's it for our family meeting just a quick would you rather are you ready mm -hmm. all right would you rather have a good relationship with your parents or siblings 
Oh, wow. This is hard. <laughs> you do got a lot of siblings, though. I'm going to say siblings. Well, um, I ain't even going to ask you why. <laughs> why? Uh, I feel like I'm always asking why. <laughs> I be wanting to know the answers to, to the ways that we are thinking. Um, well, whatever. Uh, I'm going to say I would definitely would want the relationship with my siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have that with my siblings. I have all brothers. So, I mean, we have like this un spoken love for each other so mm-hmm. i know the, the the ride for me like or like you know mm-hmm. i have a relationship with them but it's not in the way like you have a relationship with your sisters mm-hmm. not in a group message texting all the time it's like a if i call you he's gonna text me and be like what do you want <laughs> unbelievable yeah um <laughs> but i guess that is what it is having brothers um but yeah i'm gonna say siblings because honestly your parents well at least my parents are like it's i'm your parent like my mom will always say i'm your mother i'm not your friend (laughs) so right yeah but i have a good relationship with my parents anyway Mm -hmm. uh would you rather tell your parents or your partner about their faults um my partner because i'm in a relationship with my partner not my parents that's true yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't speak up speak the fuck up (laughs) But sometimes our parents need to be told what's up too. Like I be yeah. telling my dad about himself because I be feeling like he needs to know what's up. Yeah, but so, I, I just be trying to keep the peace. Yeah, we're different people. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have an overly involved mother or a best friend? I think overly involved mother. Wow, I'm surprised you said that. Yeah, because people have like such cool relationships with their mom. Not me. But some other people do like you could though you're at a you're at a point in life where you're you could I have that could. relationship with your she'd mom. be trying to be down with me or whatever yeah. and you just not about it <laughs> because my mom acts like she's cool but then she wanted to be like judgmental and shit like i don't know it's weird but you think that you that you're not like that though what judgmental i could yeah i could be judgmental for sure but like i don't know it's just something else with my mom i can't describe it interesting yeah you are your mother's child that is what it is <laughs> you have enough with yourself that you're like i can't take on another me yeah i mean she is cool like when we do she hang out we, we be cracking up she's a good time but uh-huh. she's definitely one of those people that i can see how it's annoying because it's like you're only like that when people are around or like yeah. if it's other people yeah yeah she loved that she loved doing that <laughs> well that concludes our session for today you didn't answer the question did you oh yeah i guess i should answer the question i ain't shit well we know that i'm gonna say my mom because oh, my I, mom i didn't know that yeah uh-huh. i don't want to overly involve best friend i'm tired of like yeah you know like i'm here for my friends but i think i find the relationships that last are the ones that who aren't overly involved like the ones who are like they don't crave that yeah. friendship attention like i don't have to text them every day i don't have to see them every day i don't have to like whatever mm-hmm. be everyday present and we could still have that relationship I think Mm -hmm. those are the ones that work best for me and that last longer. So Mm -hmm. an overly involved best friend, mm, I probably can't do that. No, my mom said there's no such thing as a best friend. So that's why I picked my mom too. Interesting. That's new. (laughs) That's my mom's mentality. What can we do? Nothing. (laughs) They're setting their ways, I guess. Yeah. But again, that ends our 
attachment style episode. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, I do have a question for the people who listen to us religiously. Say a lot of the well, I have a comment episode. and I have a question. The comment was or is. Um, I recently did an interview and I talked about like how I have a podcast and I was like getting so emotional. Like I was just like, not emotional, like I was about to start crying, but I was just like, I feel like people could tell how much I express like my gratitude and just like how people like listen to the podcast and like very supportive and are very like loving and just like show so much support and how people really take time out of their day to like listen to us like that means a lot to me because i don't know it's like who who am i right to be talking to people and right. sharing my story you know i agree so yeah we appreciate everyone who listens to the podcast and if you're new welcome um and i recently like noticed that it's not just queer people who listen to the podcast it's, it's a lot of straight people too so i appreciate that because i feel like they're um trying to educate themselves with the LGBTQ community and stuff. So with her saying that, I'm gonna give a shout out to first of all, GC. Cause you know, <laughs> she's been gassing for a shout out. So shout out to GC. Uh maybe one day you'll come and actually see us. Yeah. You know? Um and shout out to my main man Kenny. Big yeah. Daddy Flag. That's uh my coworker. And honestly, he is the fucking man. He's always telling me he's a straight man, very comfortable in his sexuality, and has no problem being open mm-hmm. and understanding uh our community. He's always asking me questions, mm-hmm. always like again trying to understand where we're coming from and how we see things, how we feel about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate him and obviously people like that who are open to becoming open-minded and yeah. understanding um, right that goes a really long way so no yeah i love that yeah i'm um, all for people opening up their knowledge on things and like i hate when people are so stuck in their ways it's like mm-hmm. it's 2022 y'all get with the program like yeah if you're not getting with the program you're living in the past like come on now that's why i love my gen z because they're just mm-hmm. with the times yeah um and then the question that I had was, so if you follow me and Jojo on our personal page, you've probably seen videos and pictures of us like traveling and stuff. And we do love to travel. Unfortunately, this year was a little hectic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't get to do it as much. So we are planning a trip again in September and one after that. And this is a legit question. Like, would y'all go on vacation with us? Like, if we were to travel and make a whole plan, would you guys travel with us? We're a good time. So, basically, we if you haven't, I don't know how many of you guys are involved with following, following influencers and stuff, but mm-hmm. there are certain influencers out there who team up with a travel, um, like, agency type of thing. That, tr- like, plans the whole thing. Yeah, that plans the entire um, location and, like, vacation, itinerary, um, excursions and all mm-hmm. those things, which is crazy because she actually was telling me about one for the influencer that she um, yeah, that keeps I up with. Mm-hmm. And. And I forget, where did they go? I don't know. They said a... I think Italy. Yeah. So yeah. basically, like, they set those things and they, they're they the host of the vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much they uh, 
put it out there for the public, for those of you who are, you know, mm-hmm. are really into your influencer and kind of just go on vacation with them. So we recently had been in contact with someone who was interested in getting us into yeah. it. Um, but obviously it, we would love to do it, but we would, it would definitely be based off of our, our, um, numbers. Yeah. Like who, like who ends up going, how many people end up signing up and things like that. But we're, we're talking and we don't even know the logistics yet, yeah. but we, I just wanted to kind of put it out there if people were even interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we will let you guys know of like more information maybe in the next episode about it. Um, and, and I think it's such a good idea because, like, as LGBTQ people, we gotta do it together. It's so unsafe at times to travel out here because you don't know how other people are gonna react to you and your partner kissing or like hugging in front of others. And I feel like if we do it as a group, you know, people will feel a little, a little more, more safer. safer. Um, and even if you're a solo traveler, like mm-hmm. that's also scary to be, go out in the world and yep. want to travel and like. And sometimes your friends be flaking, bro. Like your yeah. friends, you be like, "Yeah, let's go on vacation." Who down? They all down. But when it comes to booking, everyone's broke. Nobody's yeah. down. Nobody wants to swipe the credit card. Um, so like, mm-hmm. if we were to do it, you could like meet us and meet other people. So I don't know. I yeah. think it'll be a cool experience. Um, it'd be awesome. We'd get mm-hmm. our 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 travel on, and we get to meet all the people who support right. us and talk and about. I think like everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can be very. It, it, it's a very personalized uh, experience, and I think it'd be dope. Yeah. So for those of you who would potentially be interested, you know, keep that same energy <laughs> if we ever right. actually get through and yeah. um, make that happen. Right. But yeah, that was it. Hell yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on any other uh, podcast platform, don't forget to rate us. We read them and we appreciate it. So thank you guys so much. Deuce, deuce, mother goose. Bye.